Hello, good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Late Night Driving and Podcasting Gentleman's Agreement remix of the Cantina Mekis podcast coming to you live from beautiful, at least for the momentarily, Italy, Texas, and then Hillsboro, and then West, and then Waco, and all points south. My name is John Jagu. Glad to have you with us. Uh, last day of NBA action. I know folks in Los Angeles are reeling from the news of Magic Johnson's departure from the Lakers. Joel Aceves joins us from Southern California. Joel, how are you, sir? Doing pretty good. A bit surprised with U.S. latest announcement. And what, for... was, that, what was that announcement, Joel? It was Jefe Boy as the new as a new uh, goat herder. So the 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 the, uh, the shepherd of the sacred herd, a, 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 what once was a very sought after physician, is now being filled by whatever warm <laughs> body they can find. Yeah, uh, it's it's sort of disappointing the way they're going about it. Uh, of course, if it pays off, it's going to be a different story. But outlook, outlook is grim. So you have Chivas announcing it. They announced it in the morning, 9 a.m. Guadalajara time. And this is, of course, their third coach. Uh, given that he replaces Coyote, who was Alberto Coyote, who was interim. He only coached for one game. After they sacked Cardoso, and you have this going on, while Ame just won Copa MX. Uh, they just became the team with the most uh, cup titles, six, and they're going for the doblete, which was one of Chivas, uh, you know, chest thumping recently that they could claim they had. But so I mean, could, could easily... Doesn't, uh, doesn't America already kind of have the doblete since they, they have both trophies right now in their possession? If it's the same, yeah, technically you could say, but they're still calling it that if they win it, uh, if they were to win. Well, so technically you could say they won it. I mean, they won it in, in other forms, but this is the latest one, you know. It's el que está de moda. Uh, win, yes, win the cup yes. and win the league. Is there, is there anything worse in Liga MX when America is winning? I mean, I like. Don't get me wrong. I'm the, not that I don't like America football. I don't like America. You know, I mean, I, I think it's good for the league when America yes. does well. But you know, their supporters become so ridiculously overbearing when 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 they when they win. You know, as if you know, as if they invented winning. You know, oh, no one won before America. <laughs> And uh, no, but you're, I mean, I, I got a, you know, I remember a, a couple months ago we had uh, an Americanista uh, on our podcast, and he was complaining about Pio Herrera. Yes, yes, he was. And he wanted to get rid of Pio Herrera. <laughs> and, and all Pio Herrera has done for America is have them play consistently well, make no worse in semifinals. And, and, and it, it, it's amazing to me that they want to want to get rid of that. Well, and he's he's now the coach with the most finals uh, at the club. He's reached the most finals. I mean, but at the same time, we have to realize that 
just there's just more games now, especially with this, with you know the the season cut in half and 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 the cup tournaments. But but regardless, you know he he's he's already in the history books. I mean, just his record alone against against uh, Cruz Azul, Guadalajara, oh, yeah. and, and, and Puma Sunam, I mean, it, it's staggering. I mean, out of the last, I forget what the number is, but I mean, he's, I mean, his, his winning percentage against those teams is, you know, in the in, in the high 80s. So uh, for Americanista fans, I'm uh, to complain bitterly that that Piojo isn't, you know, whatever, you know, whatever amalgamation of excuse they have for. You know, he's not winning every single trophy at every single tournament that they play. It's it, 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 it just shocking. And yeah. uh, he's a good coach, and he always has been a good coach. And, you know, it, 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 it makes me sad that because of, you know, some ridiculous little little snip that he had with a television announcer, that, that, that he's not, you know, he, he, he doesn't have the dream job that he always wanted to have, which is Mexico, yeah. Mexico's success. Instead, we have to deal with it. He grew up at the club level with Cuba America, which, which frankly, Joel, makes me want to throw up. Yeah. And, and you know what? My hat's off to the media because they did such a good job demonizing Piojo throughout the Gold Cup that fans for, forgot how well the team played during the World Cup. It's right. still one of the best performances, you know, those Mexico games in Brazil 2014. They're among the best ever for Mexico in, in a, you know, in, in World Cup history. And from one summer to the next, a lot of fans seem to have forgotten and, and they just went along with the media. And, and there was all this talk about how the refs were helping. And I'm like, that's just one of the stupidest thing. I've heard, you know, because you had the whole FIFA gate scandal going and it was like, like being led by like Loretta Lynch and, and all of these from the U.S., you know, it, it had all escalated. It all happened, you know, with Chuck Glazer and everything in the U.S. And to think that CONCACAF was going to be that stupid to rig a tournament, right? Why when they're, you know, examining FIFA with a loophole? Right. It's pretty, it's just. In the U.S. It's, yeah, and in the U.S. It's just, it's kind of insane to to think that that was going to actually happen. Uh, but people, they bought it. They went for it. And and I remember well, the, word, the, the whole penalty. Yeah, the, when when the Univision guys were like, oh, he has to miss the penalty because it was such a terrible call that, that the best thing for him to do is to miss the Who in the oh, right yeah. mind would, 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 it just <laughs> would never happen, would never happen. Yeah, yeah, and it, well, dude, my favorite, my favorite was, it was a penalty call on, I don't know if we're talking about the same one, uh, John. It was against, uh, Panama, and you had a Panamanian right. player. He did like a backward drop. It, it almost seemed like, uh, like if he was trying to recover a fumble, but, but right. that, that was like a dangerous thing to, to, to drop your body like that, cause you could land on someone's leg. You could break. <laughs> You could break their ankle. You could. You could. Well, not only could, was he doing that, but he he purposefully pushed the ball away from the Mexican player. I think it was Oribe, with his hand. Yeah, yeah. Consciously. Yeah, and, and you, you know what? That's the thing. Like, 
if you were seeing the American feed, because, uh, you know, they, they shoot from different angles. So the American feed shoots from one side so they could get the ad boards with the American sponsors. And then like the international or Mexican feed is the opposite side. Right. So they, so they could get the other, like, you know, from that, that's from like Max. And so the, the Max angle, you could, you could clearly see that it was intentional. You saw him with the hand, but Univision kept playing their angle where it was dubious. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty pretty (laughs) No, but, but you know, and, and so Piojo had all this hate. And all of a sudden, he was just like, you know, persona non grata. Right. And, and, but and, what and, he and did... that's the danger. That's the danger going with, uh, you know, I know that the Dev Azteca have kind of their, uh, you know, irreverent podcast, or not podcast, but, you know, broadcast with their, you know, their humor and their this, Martinoli. But, you know, he got really personal with you. And it wasn't really just with Piojo. It was with Piojo's family. And... You know, I don't. I mean, I don't necessarily. I mean, I, I even when it happened, I don't. I didn't. I didn't think that what Yoko had done was a firing offense. <clears throat> Bless so, you, John. You know, that's uh, what ended up happening, and it didn't take Yoko long. Time. Seems like John got cut off. Dead silence. So this was some. Okay, he's back. You seem to have. You seem to have dropped John, but you're back. Oh, I was talking about Thomas Boy. I was talking about Thomas Boy. Oh, okay. Yeah, and 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 my question was, uh, for someone who had such a great career as a player, and and someone who could have easily have played in Europe and played in the top. I mean, he was really, really good. Uh, I don't know if you remember watching a player or not, but I, I mean, even as a kid, I mean, he was not my favorite player as a kid, but man, I respected that a lot of him because he was really, really, really good. I mean, you know, he played for the rival team, you know, because Pigas back then was, was, was Pumas' big, big rival. So for a guy to have a, as great a career as a player as he had, to be so mediocre as a coach and then to keep getting hired, <laughs> well, I mean, it, if you look- it boggles the mind. Well, I mean, if you look at if you look at the teams he's managed, he's only had two good teams, uh, Monterrey and Cruz Azul, and and he was actually doing pretty good at Cruz Azul up until he got into that scuffle with with fans, and then it all went downhill. <laughs> but uh, he he had he had done good at Atlas where he saved them from they were in relegation and he. He helped them pull pull out of that, and uh, I, I don't I don't remember how he did it with Rayados, but well, he uh, took Morelia to a final like in Pumas. Oh, yeah. Well. And uh, in, in twenty eleven, so I mean, again, he has had you know modest amount of success, but.
but the reality is, you know, again, for a player as of his stature, yeah. Hello, John. I don't know if your call dropped. I can't hear you anymore. Well, just talk a bit about Tomas while John rejoins us. So it's being said that he's only going to be. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, Chivas has to settle for whatever they can get because who. Who wants to coach Chivas with the way they, with the way they treat coaches? Yeah, it, that's that's why they should have just let Cardoso finish the season because uh, it would have sent at least the right message that that the team is at least um, that they'll give you a fair shake because uh, Almeida had been there for at least for at least two years or more, and then Pepe would have gotten. Two full see two full tournaments to uh, to try to do his best. So right. at least as a coach, you know that you're gonna get you're gonna get uh, a fair a fair shake and and put so to sack him like that and then even the interim after only one game is just you you could just see that like the direction of the club it's 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 like they. They don't seem um, to be on the same page as to what what they want from the team. Well, what's going to end up happening, what already has has happened, Joel, is that if you look at the porcentage for next season, Chivas yes. is, is, is in trouble. They yeah. are, uh, you know, when you have seasons where you're only amass points in the teams, and you have a couple of them, you know, you know, Pumas is on the verge of having that same issue. They're, they're, you know they're gonna they're gonna be in trouble too here momentarily if well, they don't uh, get out of that. Ironically, in the percent percentage, Atlas is above Chivas. I'm like, how did that happen? Shock, shocking, <laughs> shocking. How, did, how does that happen? I mean, Chivas I mean, Atlas won for the first time in like three months beating Veracruz since since they played Chivas. Yeah. And yeah. Well, they they racked two wins. Uh, I think they beat Lobos. Or Morelia, but they rec- they have two wins in a row now. You know, and I watched I watched Chivas uh, their game against yeah. Lobos, and I mean they should have been up four five zero in the first half. They had so many chances to score. You know, uh, uh, Trophies was 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 having an exception. You know, it is well I say exceptionally good, just a typical Trophies performance where all he's doing is setting up his his his, his, his teammates and his partners, and you know they, they just you know they they they, they, they can't. They couldn't finish. They, it is a, just a classic Chivas problem. They can't ever finish. No, and and you know and, what? Well, you what? you know what? Like in hindsight, you could see how they sort of messed up the season uh, with their choices for strikers 
So they, they let go of Saldivar. They sent him on loan in exchange for Madrigal. And, and Saldivar had been Chivas' mo- most consistent striker, at least. Right. The last three tournaments, he had at least notched between five and six goals. Uh, none of the Chiva players right now have close to that. I think uh, Alexis is the most with three, and he did them all in one game against Atlas. Right. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I think letting go of Saldivar, some guy that he's acquainted with the club, and you know you could get a good six goals, and, and if he has a better season, possibly even let's say at least nine, that that would have been a big difference maker. Uh and then and then Macias, uh JJ Mack, the other he's the nineteen year old and he's having a breakthrough season with Leon and he has six goals, which is very good for a nineteen year old. Uh sure. nineteen year old Mexican I should say in Liga MX. And it's one thing to to uh, to send Salivar on loan, but I mean, at least send them on loan to somewhere. When you send players on loan, you want to send them somewhere where they're going to get playing time. You know, he's a yeah. where he's like fifth in the pecking order. <laughs> yeah. He, he he never he's just not going to get he's not going to get any playing time there. Not because he's not any good. It's because you know Monterrey spends millions of dollars to bring in as 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 good a striker as you, as you find in the market and and and, and they they've con- they've consistently done that for as long as I can remember so it's like you know what on earth do you you know if you're going to send him alone send him to you know Morelia or you or you know or or Querétaro some place where where he might actually get some playing time where he was well, yeah but, but to me he he was not to go on loan he was well, he no. should have been one of the main guys cuz he had won that. He had won that spot, you know, with the team. But uh, they banked, they banked on on Alexis Vega, who, you know, we could say in hindsight now, they could have not even brought him in, and it wouldn't have made a difference. Uh, exactly. They could have, they could have kept Saldivar and and, and Macias, and and would have most likely been better off. Now I'm not trying to, to. Uh, to rag on on Vega, but I, I don't think they should have expected him to to do good off of the bat because he's coming into a new club. Sure. So I think it, it was going to take him a while, but I do think that's where they gambled, thinking, okay, Vega and Madrigal, one of these guys is going to hit that six-goal mark, and, and yeah, neither have. I, I don't think Madrigal has even scored Wow. Yes, I can assist. I think uh, so. Yeah, well, that was well, hold, hold the that big misstep. Yes, because uh, I, I I I just made my stop in my in my kolachi spot. So give me like two minutes. Go get two my minutes for okay, I'll be right back for the kolachis. Yeah. So what John goes goes for his kolachis, uh, Mexico's group for the. For the Gold Cup was just announced, and it's it's uh it looks pretty tough here. I don't know if, I don't know if they'll make it out of the group stage, but we have we have uh they will be facing Cuba, and um God damn I had just <laughs> um who are they? 
I, you know, I lost, I had, I had the picture with me and now it's gone. I think my phone is trolling me. Okay, here it is. It's uh, Max, Canada, Martinique, and Cuba. So I think a decent group. Uh, Grupo B, oh, that, that's Group A. Grupo B is Costa Rica, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Bermuda. Group C, which is probably the group of death. Oh, no, you, you could probably say Group D as well. One of those, we'll see. But Group C, Honduras, Jamaica, El Salvador, and Curaçao, who uh, John's a big fan of. And then Group D, United States, Panama, Trinidad, and Tobago, and Guyana. So that's that's going to be the Gold Cup. And Tata spoke. He was during a, a presser. Tata talked about Chicharro might not be called up. Just because he's, his wife, he, his wife, yeah, he is, he got married. He, relampago, I forgot. So his wife, he, uh, he's gonna be giving birth around that time. And Tata said he would rather, he just take the tournament off instead of having to leave and come back. Uh, he's, seems the doors are open for Tecatito to return. There was that, had a, a bit of a problem for the for the friendlies this past month where Tecate said he was injured but then he was playing at his club so I think they're they're squashing that and then the other news is that Lainez will not be called up to the Gold Cup he will be going to the under 20 World Cup it looks like John is back Did they did they have your order waiting, John? I guess I think you could hear me. So Joel, Joel. Yes. You are gonna not you you will not believe what just happened here at the at the at the, <laughs> at the Kalachi stand. They were they were watching America. They were celebrating. You, no. you ran into some Americanista. No, I'm, I'm actually a little upset because the fawn <laughs> the fawns the fawns was here. Oh, Henry Winkler. For yeah, I just I missed him by twenty minutes. Oh man, <laughs> that is like oh, that is like the coolest, the coolest. I'm seriously, I just I just you have no idea how much, I, you know, the the Fonz was a, a very profound influence on my life. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, and 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 as luck would have it, we were doing a. My game tonight was in Milwaukee that I was uh, doing the pre and post for, and one of our billboard beds, which is a TV TV term we use for the video that's underneath the little ads that pop up, like you know this show is sponsored by whatever, was a statue of the Fonz because you know Happy Days took place in Milwaukee, and, oh. and they have a statue of the Fonz that you know commemorates the show. So yeah, the Fonz. Anyway. Uh, where were we? We were we were discussing we were discussing Chivas strikers, Joel. Yes. Yes, we were stating the what is obvious now. <laughs> I mean at the start of the season it was a hard 
you know, not many were expecting Macias to do, to have the type of season he did. Right. Uh, but he did, and uh, and then just Alexis was a gamble from the get-go. Because he had never, that the season that, that you know, he had his six goals he scored, which was the same as Saldivar, and that's, he had scored that one goal against America where he cuts the ball and he, he right. you know, he takes off like two or three defenders with that one move and he scores a golazo and it's like, he, he did that one, that one goal sort of. Right. He's a Mexican, his value. Mexican Harry Kane, yeah. <laughs> it doubled his value overnight. Um, but, but if you look at his seasons previous, he had just been scoring pretty moderate three, four goals. So, and I was in a discussion I got into a fellow Chi Armano on, on Twitter because I was saying Chivas is pretty much paying for a potential. This guy is not really, uh, you know, he, he's not, uh, I, I, man, I'm at a loss for words here, Yon. Well, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you know, you know <laughs> as a Chivas fan, you know, you, you know, you watch the team make make, you know. Again, and I, I, I'm not I'm not opposed to having Alexis Vega, you know, on the squad or even on on the pitch. I think he's a good player. I agree. But but he needs, you know, who's who's the veteran striker on on the Chivas squad? Is it is, is it Alan Pulido? I mean, Pulido a, is 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 you know, he's like I don't know who the leader on this team is. Dude, the leader is you. <laughs> well, he did it again, John. He did it again. I, I, the word came back to me. It, it's Consolidated. He he hasn't, you know, he he still hasn't he hasn't been that player yet. He could become that player, but he's not that player yet. So I mean, the potential's there. And, and yeah, Pulido, Pulido, and, and a lot of Chillarmanos, they defend him, and they say that because he's not a number nine. That it's okay that he's not scoring that many goals. But my argument has always been. Chivas paid twenty million because they they were expecting him to be able to at least reproduce what he had done at Tigres. Right. So his his last year at Tigres, he scored fourteen goals uh, between you know because in the years two tournaments, so he right. scored nine nine and five goals. That's fourteen, and that's when he was he was much younger. So I mean, that's the thought. Like, okay, if he could if he could bring us anywhere. You know, from ten to fourteen, maybe more, every now and then. You know, it's totally worth it to pay this amount. But he's he's at three and four goals. He just, he's just he's not. He just can't do it. And uh, he he tweeted. I don't know if he tweeted or Instagram like an apology to the Chiva fans, and that that's like he should have called a press, uh, you know, a presser. If you really wanted to apologize, right? That's like a cheap way out, man. That's that's like a, sorry, I can't go to your party type of thing. I'll be there in spirit. So I think that that's that's him in Chivas. He's playing in Chivas in spirit only. Well, so Chivas once again is a train wreck. Oh yeah. Which is, unfortunately for Chivas fans, and if you're listening, if you're a, a 20-something Chivas fan and 
you saw Matias and he's holding the go after the trophy and you're thinking that <laughs> it's just the greatest the greatest moment of your of, of your Chivas life. Understand that, that that is that is the exception, not the norm. This is the norm for Chivas. You know, Chivas is you know, I know it's a very popular team and it has all that, but the reality is is that they're just like a step or maybe a step and a half above Atlas as far as uh, the the pendejadas and the drama that surround the team. They just they you know for a team that's as as popular and you know grandes and the whole bit. You know, you know, Chivas Chivas is extremely dysfunctional and they and they have been Joel for much of your your life in my life. Yeah, I mean as soon as pretty much as soon as uh you could say like up at, right about the seventies as as football became more and more professionalized and you had these big companies now overseeing the clubs. So you had Televisa or you had um you know Cruz Azul the, the cement company and and others like that coming in and investing and, and then she was just they had they were a club with with socios and they just were never able to to have something like stable uh, financially stable and so they they always been like that with the, the ten year Chiwa comet as we like to call it and so they they've always struggled to to make something out of that club to especially monetize it. Right. So I mean, it's yeah, it's not surprising, and and uh, which was the other thing for me, seeing how fans were crying about why all these players were sold, and and I'm, you know, and all I could think is like, well, when has Chivas been able to hold on to a highly competitive squad? Not even in when when Vergara first bought the team, when they won the what was it in '06. Or seven when they won, and even that team, he ended up selling all the players, uh, and that's a big reason because the more successful the club, the more the players are gonna earn, the more they're worth. So, and, and unless you're able to to have that enough money for that payroll, they end up selling them, and and that was kind of the case again with the current squad. The, that was successful with players like Cota and Pizarro and and Gallito and all of those. They just, I, I think they they did some bad moves as far as like who who deciding to let go because Pizarro was one of the guys. I mean, not Pizarro, Pulido, they, and they extended his contract. Like, why? Why? I don't get it. Why would they extend his contract? It is uh, well, just one of those uh, one of those baffling, uh, baffling decisions that we we dissect, deconstruct, and reconstruct here in the Cantina Mexico podcast. And I think that the conclusion we can draw is that Chivas is, is you know they, they 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 have been, they are, and they always will be a hot mess. That's that's just the reality. Ouch. Ouch! Uh, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I wish I wish I was kidding, but I'm not. 
No, I, I think, uh, you know, what, what we saw happen, because when, when Vergara first took over, and he had a pretty good group, um, a good group surrounding him. He had, like, Ibar Cisniega, and he had Juan Jose Franchi, and he had uh, Nestor de la Torre, and, and this was a, a group that was able to build competitive teams. And But he slowly started getting rid of, they just started firing and replacing them and just bringing in less competent people. And then, and then with the whole, the whole thing with the wife embezzling funds and they just did all these bad moves. And, and I was just reading the other day that I was reading because, uh, you know, tied into LAFC how, um, that the, cause, cause Vergara ended up, he, he didn't own Chivas USA completely. He owned like half. And this other businessman, Antonio Cue, he owned like another percentage. And then I think Chivas bought him out. Uh, not Chivas, Vergara bought him out. And then he, the league bought the club from, from Vergara cause he wasn't, he wasn't really doing anything with it. And, and, you know, the article I read said that they paid him 70 million. I'm like, God damn, what happened with that money? <laughs> you know, that's a lot. That's a lot of money right there. Um, so, I mean, who knows what, you know, where that money ended up in. Sure as hell, I don't think it went to the club. Yeah, so I, I seem to have lost John again. I'll just keep talking. Maybe he'll rejoin. But 70 million, Katang. Uh, you know, at first I thought it was more like 20 that they had paid him off, but it's, it's a, the one article is stating 70. Hello, John? Still here. Still okay, here. it showed you as like I'll having been cut off. Must be driving through a dead zone. I thought my battery had died. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I was just saying how. But it looks like we're still, we're still good. Seventy million. Like what? What? What did they do with all that money? Um. And he's gone again. Oh. No, I'm still here. Okay. Still here. It, it. Yeah, seventy million was like wow, but but yeah, that's that's uh that's that's it for Chivas. Uh, not sure what's going on at the club. There was an obvious breakdown. I think another one, something happened. Uh, and, and I, I feel like Cardoxo play, paid, you know, you know the saying, he had to pay for the broken dishes. That's um, right. and the players weren't backing them because usually you hear how the players would rally around the coach and try to get him to finish the season, especially four or five games. Uh, but I didn't see anyone speak up in favor of Cardoxo. And then when Coyote comes in, he sends like, he sends about four players that were starters to the under 20. So I'm like, what? seems like there's still a lot of indiscipline going on. So it's, it's pretty sad to see what, what's happening 
And I think it's a lot of like administration, locker room problems. Still here, still here. Okay. Sorry about that. What's, What's going on? Crazy, crazy. Yeah. This is happening. Crazy, this is happening. So, Joel, I do, uh, I do have a question for you. Uh, the Gold Cup. Yes. Has uh, released their <clears throat> their. Groups, the groups came out. They came out today. Mexico yeah. has, been, has been pitted in, in the group of death, the group of death of the Gold Cup. Not really. They have Canada, Martinique, and Cuba. Yes. Those are the, 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 those are the teams that Mexico will be facing in the Gold Cup in Group A. Yeah, they'll be starting, I believe, with, uh, with their tough out, which is Canada. And then we have, uh, in Group B, Costa Rica, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Bermuda. Bermuda making their Gold Cup debut. As you all know, the Gold Cup has expanded from, from 12 teams to 16 teams because there weren't enough Caribbean nations participating in the Gulf Cup. So we'll but, see more 8 and 9-0 uh, scorelines. But I like I like the 16 team, and, and I agree there's going to be some lopsided results, but this is how these teams improve by having this opportunity to play against, against stronger sides and competing internationally because other than that, they're just stuck in, you know, regional qualifying and, and right now now the you're right you're right I mean I agree that's why I've always been a big fan of the Conca Champions for the same reason uh, it's not it's, you know it's uh, it's uh, not as uh, you know even now it's not as lopsided as it used to be now the real group of death in the Gold Cup Joel is this one Honduras Jamaica El Salvador and Curaçao you know that 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 is as, as tough a group as you can get in Concacaf. Well, I'm thinking it's between C and D, John, because Panama, Trinidad, and U.S. I mean, you know, those could also be, but but I mean, there's that big rivalry with Honduras and El Salvador, and Jamaica's they went, always they went to Jamaica's, war. They went to war, Joel, over, over Saudi. Yeah, this is. <laughs> They actually did. They, well, cut pain. So this is this is, has been one in the one. It's been one in the making. But yeah, yeah. It, it could be either 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 or. I think either has the potential to be that that group of death. But I mean, you've been bullish on Curacao, and if, and if they're as good as you're saying they are, I, I would I would tip the scales in, in Group C's favor then. Because I think Guyana, I don't, I don't expect much from them. 
I don't even know much from them. Did you say Guayana? Just, they sound like a fruit. Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> Guayana, yeah. They sound isn't, that, like a, isn't that a, a Boeing flavor, Guayaba, Guayana? I think I had a Snapple of that flavor. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I think, yeah, Group C, we'll, we'll ever, see what happens. You remember the fruit seeds? Did you ever have a fruit seed? Fruit, remember Fruitopia? Fruitsi with the, the letter C? No, Fruitsi is F-R-U-T-S-I. It was a Mexican drink. Oh, no, not that. No, I remember that. And, the green and, remember, and then Boeing, which was the... Yeah, Boeing, I do remember. They come in the Boeing. triangles, and then you freeze it. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then they were delicious. Fruitsi, you could freeze too, but they were a little harder to eat because you had to, like, suck it out of the bottle. But the Boeing, where you just peel off the paper. Yeah. In uh, in Humex, oh, Humex, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, with with this announcement, and then coupled with the announcement that uh, that, that Lines is going to be playing the Subente, yeah, which see? I have to admit, I was I was I was confused. I thought that the Subente was going to be in July. It's actually going to be in May. So it's actually better for him to play the Subente in, mm-hmm. in the sense that when it's over, he can just go straight and have what what, what he really needs, which is the pretemporada with uh, yeah. With Betis. And I think Tata was listening to the pod. I think I convinced him. Cause, I'm sure cause he was. I, I, sure think, he was. Uh, I think at the, at the under 20, he's he's the main guy. And he's he's the leader. He's going to be the leader of that team. And he's going to be expected to carry that team. And, and you know, he's just going to play a bigger role than if he were with the with the main team and He'll be used as a sub, and and it's not like that. It was going to be much difference in in the quality, without due respect to the Cubas and Martiniques. But I I would much rather see how he does in in that leadership role than coming in as a sub, just because we already know what he could do. Uh, right. And and but I I mean what he could do in the pitch. But I want to see what he could do as 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 the leader of the group, Wearing as, 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 the, as the guy that if the team's not doing good, is is he capable of carrying? You know, put putting the team on his shoulders or 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 just rallying them to to a come from behind win or what what have you. Right. So that's that's what I'm excited to see from that squad and under twenty and under twenty has been where Mexico has been. Not as strong as under seventeen. Well, I mean, in the last, uh, yeah, you're right. It's, uh, I think in the in 2011, the, the U20 made the semifinals, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, they ended up losing out to Colombia, who were the hosts uh, of that tournament. And that was the tournament where Chaton was voted the third best player of the tournament. And it was like, you know, he was ordained that he would be the the captain of the of the Mexican national team for the next ten years. And of course, uh, that uh, did not come to pass. And he's now playing in like Cyprus or something. No, no, he 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 uh, he got picked up by a third division team in Spain. Oh, is it Spain? Okay. Yes, sir. But he was in Cyprus. But I mean, he did he did that jump. He did that jump, so he said, uh, 
Dice Salamanca. Ya, yeah, Salamanca. Salamanca. It is Salamanca, yes. FC Salamanca, and he's, he's 28, but I mean, he's, he's 28. Know, wow. He's 28 now. But I mean, it's to go from Cyprus hey, to, to, he's now close to La Liga. At least he know, can speak the language. He's, in any given time, he could be like in the same town as Messi, you know. But yeah. That's right. <laughs> Or you can have the experience that I had tonight. Oh man, I, you, oh. you just you just missed Messi. He was here 20 minutes ago. He was 20 minutes ago. He sat here, um, or he could see Linus play. Um, but <laughs> that's right. No, no, but I'm I'm happy for him. I hope, I hope, you know, he must have been playing good to to have to have done that switch, especially because there's not that many foreigners these teams get to get. Uh, especially at the lower divisions, it's right. more. It could be pretty competitive. Uh, so I mean, the only thing is his age. You know, it would take two years for him to be a, a EU national. But I mean, if he could get this team, help one of them win promotion to second division, that's that'd be pretty big. You know, sure, that'd sure. be pretty impressive. Uh, and then who knows? Yeah, well, of course the. Uh... You know the future captain of the Mexican national team is uh, is Edson Alvarez, and it's it's pretty obvious that that Tata Martino has very, very high. Yeah, well, the news coming out from ESPN Max is that yes. he is being scouted by Ajax right now. So they went to the they're in Mexico right now, the scouts, and they saw the Copa MX final. And they're going to be seeing the match against Cruz Azul. Uh, and they might be making a bid for him. So he might be leaving at the end of the season. Austin and, you know, they were in a terrible crisis. You know, after starting the season, with, you know, whatever it was, at a slow start, all of the And of course, the two Monterrey teams now. Right now, the, the the league leader though is Leon, who have been on an absolute, just insane, yes, un very un Liga MX like tear. Is ten it? wins in a row. Is it 10 wins, Hoyle? 10 wins? 10 wins in a row. Uh, I think they're tied with Cruz Azul, but they're the, they're the most wins in the short season format. I think America had the record at nine, uh, and then Cruz Azul has the overall record when it was the long season format. So they just equal that, uh, and one more win, and they'll be the, the all-time winningest. Uh, streak All in Liga MX history, yeah. 
Well, well Tell me we'll one more. We'll have to uh, uh, dive deeper into Leona tomorrow night. Yeah. We'll be Yeah, we have to give big ups to Nacho because that's the guy getting it done. Podcast at nine thirty. Central seven thirty Pacific here on the on our YouTube yeah. channel. Forty meter goal against the U.S. in the nineteen ninety three. And, and, and you know, John, we have to give props to Nacho because I always hear a, a big section of the media and, and a lot of the fans talk about how we need coaches with new ideas. Or, or better foreign coaches, or or we don't need to recycle Mexican ones, and and it's a Mexican coach that's doing the he's he you know who broke this record, and and the other one in Piojo who's been the most dominant one in the at least we could say in the past three years. Right. And... <laughs> yeah. And to me, it's been a, you know, when you spend 40 years in a country, you might as well be Mexican. He's you know, another true. one who's, who's, I mean, he's been, a, he's been coaching mm-hmm. at Tigres now for what, 10 years? 10, 10 years. years, which is insane for you. Yes, uh, Arias had done that before with Necaxa, but nowhere near as successful, but also nowhere near as, as the same budget. <laughs> right. Well, they are in the uh, Conca Champions final. I uh, fully expect them to, uh, have Monterrey join them tomorrow unless something absolutely calamitous happens in Kansas City, which it will. Yeah. But uh, something that we will be discussing tomorrow on the Cantina Mexico. Joel, thank you so much for yes. joining uh, joining me here on my little drive uh, yeah. back down to Austin. Uh, got, got to do my taxes yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow so I'm we might, go home for that. We'll, we'll continue this and we might have to do a recap because. And uh, we uh, will. Uh, uh, so we need to get a panza. We need to get a panza okay, we'll, on the show tomorrow. We'll look for one. Yeah. Oh, there's Scotty. I don't know if she's available. Well, there's Scotty, and then of course, of course, there's Weasel, who's a. Who's That's a true. Weasel, how can I forget? How could I forget about yeah. Weasel, bro? Yeah, we'll reach out to them. So, all right, hold on. It's, uh, it's, it's great having you on, and uh, thank y'all for joining us here on a. A very quick edition of the Cantina Mectis podcast. We will talk to you guys again tomorrow. Thank you uh, very much for joining us. We appreciate it. Bye-bye.